0: All right, guys. Welcome to the podcast project. I'm your host, Craig Harriman. Um, at the moment, these currently are still not live, so all the recordings I've done in the past that actually talking to you from, talking to you about subjects that happened in the future, which have already happened now. So a lot of this shit you're going to hear over the next couple of weeks might be redundant. But anyway, so. Uh, this is the podcast project. I'm Craig Harriman. Today I have our, this is the first ever time we've had a guest on the show. Um, as the only people that are have been to listen to this show are my mom and my dad and members of the gym. You all know our guests very well. Um, my brother Adam Harriman is on the show.
1: What's up guys? Good to be here.
0: Like my actual brother for those of you who don't know, like. um, So Adam has just done something pretty amazing. What so I've realised lately? Something that I want to do is I I want to speak to people that have done amazing stuff. I realise that I know a lot of people that have done incredible things. Like we'll get into this in depth today. And Adam has just won the British Rowing Indoor Championship 500 meter, which is an amazing achievement. And we'll go through that today. Then. Uh, Matt Fitch has just done a 270 kilometer ultra marathon. So, what we'll do over the, the next couple of months is bring some of these amazing people that were fortunate enough onto the show and kind of get their story. Um, this is not a new direction we're taking in the podcast. I just find it awesome talking to people that have done amazing shit. So, today we're going to speak to Adam um, about his preparation for BRIC, which is the British Rowing Indoor Championship. Um, the ups the downs and how the actual event went and talk to you a little bit about his preparation so let's uh, let's get into it so adam how are
1: you i'm good very good
0: we've just finished training so it stinks in here yeah it's very um, stinky. we've just tested a, a crossfit workout for next week um a nice short fun one for you guys to look forward to but you may have already done the workout depending on when you listen to it so brick how was it?
1: It was good. It was a good experience. Um, when I first heard about this last year, when I saw everyone doing it and how like a good event looked, it's something I decided to do from the end of last year. So it's been a year in the making, training for it, and uh, it had its ups and downs. The event itself, which I'll go for later, did go how I wanted to. Obviously, kind of the 500 was great, but... Um,
0: the event itself didn't go how I really wanted to, and then so let's take it right back to how this all came about. So I get asked this a lot: How did, why do you row? How did you get into rowing? How did you find rowing? Tell, talk me through the talk our listeners through the story a little bit.
1: So I started rowing on the concept to the Erg, from um, CrossFit. Never touched one, so I started doing CrossFit. Never touched on until I started doing CrossFit and then started doing it more in workouts. So and I realized that, okay, I kind of enjoy this. And being a, a tall athlete, I guess, um, realized that I was good at it and I had to put a lot of power on my legs through the drive. But
0: my technique was only terrible. So, for those of, those of you who don't know, Adam's six foot six and what, 235 pounds? On a good day. On a good day. So, he's built for Ryan.
1: Yeah, and the more I did CrossFit, the more the concept 2 came on into workouts, and I started doing it more and more, and then started finding pure just cross, uh, just rowing workouts, and trying to do it with, like 10,500s, like or like the 2K, for instance, and then my times were terrible, but I wanted to get better at it, and then it was about two years ago when I found a rowing program that I decided to dedicate myself to, which lasted a couple months, <laughs> and I found something else, um... Up until last year, when I solely said I'm gonna do rowing, just rowing now for the whole year, work on my technique, get better there and just purely just do
0: rowing and a bit of strength stuff here and there. But even before that, when uh, remember when DFC used to do weekly five hundred metre row challenges and you made about fifty thousand dams in a year just rowing five hundred metres a week? Yeah, they used to do the five hundred meters every week. But again, my technique for that was I didn't really
1: understand it. I didn't understand how to do stroke rate stuff, didn't understand how to do like pacing, which you don't do for five hundred, but terms of like where to drive from that kind of stuff i just I had no idea because we'll just go as fast as i can and after
0: so you kind of just found something that you were like almost gifted at a little bit like your weight and your height played to your advantage and then so being naturally quite good at rowing because of your build then realizing your technique wasn't amazing went on a journey to figure out okay there's actual techniques so it's not just pull on the handle as hard as you can pretty much yeah
1: so for a while when I was doing, I was trying to do both CrossFit and rowing. Um, I find it very hard to do both or try and be good at both. Like um, being a big class, I used to suck at gymnastics, and then every time I did the open, I'd like get annoyed and I'd get angry because I used to do rubbish in the gymnastics workout. Uh, and then it kind of just like, CrossFit was like, getting harder for me when I was getting heavier. And then I said, okay, I'm going to try rowing and then to CrossFit and then rowing and then CrossFit and that kind of stuff. So. I wasn't getting better at either of them as much as I wanted to.
0: Indoor rowing is a sport in itself, though, so it's not. I think it's very difficult for you to be like in theory. You're a full time athlete of this sport. Mm -hmm. You row twice a day, several days a week, and you you are not professional. You don't get paid to do it, but you're a full time rower. So it is going to be very difficult to keep up developing in the sport of crossfit. I mean, you still do strength and conditioning work off the row to to supplement rowing, right?
1: Yeah, here and now I do squats or front squats or some deadlift stuff just to kind of keep the leg strength up there keep the, the core engaged and just that it pays over like there's not really much point in doing handstand push-ups and muscle-ups it's not going to pay over too much for a for the rower so
0: I do stuff that is going to benefit me on the rowing machine so about a year ago you found the British Rowing Indoor Championship I remember the conversation you're saying I'm going to do brick next year and I said, you'll never do it. You won't stick to it because you can't stick to a program. At this point, he's never stuck to a program for more than a month. Ever. Um, started for Brick, signed up with your row program. And that was 2017, December 2017. It started. Yeah, because
1: yeah, competition was in beginning of December last year. It was a few weeks after when I was looking over some results and some fiction and stuff. And I thought, this looks good. I want to do it. And then from there it was a set. So I did to just focus on rowing. Six
0: five six times a week with a little bit of strength work throughout the week as well. And then you follow a Rome program, so you just stick to what your coach gives you in theory? Yeah, so I get sent
1: five workouts a week, five rowing workouts a week, and um, one's long, one's short, one's sprint, it's very specific to the kind of...
0: Disciplines you're doing.
1: Yeah. Um, like, it might be... Throughout the whole year, it's not just, it wasn't just 2K prep, it was like, oh, there's a bit of cool. 5K prep, there was longer distance stuff, just to kind of build the... Uh, Fitness up a little bit and just get used to different strokes and different paces and just get
0: better on the row. Basically, a lot of technique work. And through the year, the course of the year, there's online rowing competitions, much like for you, CrossFit is what well. the Open is, the in gym version of your season. You have several rowing competitions now, which you've placed. What are your results from those? You've done quite well in those over the years.
1: I came. There was three last year. Two. I did pretty well. Then I came fifth and a fourth, I believe. Nice. Uh, and then one kind of didn't go to plan and I wasn't ready for it as much as I thought I was would be, so I didn't end up
0: doing yeah. very well. Yeah. Okay, so and then through the year, so we started training for this, decided to do, take this on in December, so you've had about 11 months of training for this competition. What, over the year, was it just solely focused on this competition, Were you focused on that a year out? Was that the goal or was it just take it month by month and work your way towards it? Or did you have like a very clear, like, I'm training for brick?
1: Yeah, the main goal was brick starting from January. There was obviously going to be little things, little competitions throughout the year that would help me prep for brick. But from January onwards, it's always,
0: is this going to help me for
1: brick? If not, I'm not going to do it.
0: yeah. And then, what do you feel over the course of a year? Because I just find it amazing that you're able to commit something for a year. Because I watch you row day in, day out, just on the row, and on the row again, to the point where it became a joke if you were not doing something which was rowing. So his row machine must be broken if he's doing squats. So, what over the course of a year did you find difficult to 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 What did you find difficult to do whilst committing to such a, a goal so far away?
1: Yeah, so basically, from January that we did um, for a few months, we were doing two K prep just to kind of see where we we're at, and ended up PRing my two K. I went to six oh seven, um, and that was in March. So I said a long way to go into a brick, and I'd already pr my two K, which I was feeling confident about. Um, and then basically, what happens after that is once you have your two K time, so my split then was one thirty one point nine for per five hundred meters. So every row you do after that is based off of that split. So, Like a 5k row, you do like that split plus 20 seconds, which would be a 151. So, throughout the whole year, I had my targets, and then I just kind of was pushing hard for a good month. And up until about May, I started to slow it down a little bit, and um, and I got into a bit of a funk. And you know, about a couple of weeks, I wasn't doing that much, and my food was off, and my rowing was off, and I just wasn't fit as I was when I pr my 5 my 2k. Um, and then for a good few months, then I was thinking, okay, I've done that 2K still, that's my PR. All my split times are gonna be based off of that. But I wasn't even close to being that fit. So I was like failing a lot of rows, trying to hold the pace because I wasn't fit enough. And I was trying to I was thinking, okay, maybe just an off day. And that happened probably three or four times a week. Yeah. That was happening. And I was just really demotivated and it was just hard to want to keep rowing. And brick was off the table then. I wasn't even gonna do that at that point cuz I thought I was I wasn't going to be ready even though it was still a few months out
0: um I spoke to my coach and he was like just drop the split down a little bit right so that's important this is and we talked about in the last week's show is uh, is why accurate testing and upstate testing is so important because if you did a two can January off February, and your time for that. Maybe I had a really good day. Maybe the row was oiled and clean and fast, and you smashed it. And if you use that number for the rest of the year, but that's not your current fitness level, exactly. it can give you a really false, le- uh, false sense of what your actual fitness level is. If you're not hitting those numbers, yeah. and that was quite demoralising.
1: It
0: was because
1: I was going through a stage where I was just getting like halfway through or three quarters of the way through a row, and I was like, I can't hold this place, It's too hard. And I have to stop. Instead of just finishing off and feeling a bit of confidence, so I'll just stop in and then I was just getting like more and more just like demotivated like every single row. And that happened for a good few weeks before I changed it. And then if,
0: when Adam rose, he rose up headphones in and during the gym, Jim's quiet, so there's not a lot of music on, but you can just hear Adam swearing at himself when he's failing on Rose. but he can't tell how loud he's being because the headphone's in, but like, M's PT and his PT clients and they're doing like shoulder openers. And I'm just like, fuck, fuck's sake in the screaming across the gym himself. So some quite frustrating times were in three year. It was a tough time. Um but then like coming in, in towards the last couple of weeks of prep, I know you did a lot of you changed, not changed but cleaned up a lot of things of your diet. Like I know you struggled with there was a period you struggled into sleep and you had like a breathing thing you struggled with, and then changing your food is what were a couple of things you, you cleaned up or lined up as you got towards Game day.
1: Yeah, so I eat quite a lot, and my food's not the great greatest. Um, but you're an athlete. <laughs> I should be. It's supposed to be what it should be, but it wasn't. And I was going through different diets, and I was trying different things, and I just couldn't find out something that works for me until I started doing um, intermittent fasting, and that found I, it really worked for me. I didn't think it would because I usually row before I eat, um, so I thought I just be, wouldn't have energy and I wouldn't feel good, um, but it actually went, went really well because it gave me a little bit of time or a few hours of the day to really focus on my food. So in that eight-hour window, I was eating like really well. I was in, a lot of vegetables, a lot of good meat, a lot of protein and just um, a lot of high fats as well, like
0: good fats and um,
1: it was just working really well, so every day I felt great drinking lots more water and uh
0: so those of you who don't know what intermittent fasting is it's where you pick a window of the day where you you eat your day's worth of calories within a certain window and you fast for the rest of it and it's supposed to have um hormone boosting benefits and stress reducing benefits which is good for recovery and developing strength we're actually going to do a show on that next week so listen up for that one yeah i've been doing it for three months straight now it's pretty good yeah i did it My training window for
1: Brick was 12 weeks. I did it for the whole 12 weeks, and I felt great throughout
0: it. What else did you do?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, coming into the 12-week window up to Brick, I was still unsure about targets. Um, And then I did, like my coach said, dropped it down a little bit, so based off of 131.9 I went up to 133 for my target. And you'd think one second per 500 meters, not that much, but it helped a lot. Like I was able to hit all my targets, like, well, not easily, but well enough, and I
0: was feeling great. And some rows I was pushing a bit harder, and so that doesn't sound like much like one second per 500, but that's four seconds over 2k, over 2K which like isn't that much difference when you think about it. Four um, your target time was what, yeah. six in the region, six five, six seven. Six seven. Five. So, four seconds on that, the grand scheme of things doesn't make that much difference time wise, but it's a big
1: because around so if I was in between 6 or 7 and six twelve, around that space there's probably about 4 or 5 other people that I know of that would be in for around that time as well so even like half a second would have put me one place higher or something like that that's what I thought going into it
0: like every second was like crucial to gain an extra place and then uh, and then the trip so on the trip what were the last couple of days for the trip for you training-wise? How did you, did you taper off? What were your training for the week leading up to Brick? Yeah, so leading up to Brick,
1: about three weeks out, I was pushing really hard and two weeks out even harder until the last week where I cut it right down and intensity was way off and it was more a few like 30-minute rows at like a crazy pace just to keep the uh, fitness up and yeah, a bit swelly, keep the legs moving. With I believe I did one sprint session, which is about 500 meters, And that was it. I rode about four times over seven days leading up to Brick, which I felt obviously I had to fly as well and all the travels and stuff. So I wanted to make sure I was moving and wasn't like kind of all cramped up. and Stiff from travel. Yeah, stiff. So it was good to be able to move up leading
0: up to it. And then when you signed up for it, You're training for brick. So brick is two events. Brick's a two k and a five hundred meter. There's a team one as well, right?
1: Yeah, there's there's loads of different events. There's (coughs) eighty races throughout the whole day with team relays and like teenagers and um, para stuff.
0: When you signed up though, it was you originally were doing the two k. Yeah, that was everything. The whole year was based around doing the two k at brick. And then when you registered, you opted to do the 500 as well, just kind of like, I'm going to London, exactly. I might as well do both races, it's a long trip to go just, for a, just to row for six minutes. And then you historically are a better 500 meter rower than you are a 2k rower?
1: Yeah, I've always been a bit better at the sprinter stuff. It, it hurts, but it's yeah, a quicker, so I can get through it a bit more comfortably.
0: So then... Did you take on, so when you signed up, when you decided to do Brick and you took on the 2K and weren't initially thinking about doing the 500, was that for you like a motivator to improve your 2K versus choosing to just do the 500 or was there another reason why you opted for the 2K and not the 500 initially? Um, so the 500 is something, that, as I
1: earlier, something I've always been kind of good at. Like my best time has been 117. So I know I could maybe improve on that or something, but my 2K is, being what I've been training for a long time now. Yeah. I've wanted to prove that now for over a year and I've been training for that and I just thought doing a 2K at a break, like a big competition with open Rami, it would be a good time to hopefully PR and like a bit more of a push. So initial for 2K was the main aim and I signed up for the 500, 500 it was very last minute. Uh, I originally signed up for the 2K about three months before and I signed up for the 500 about a month before because. <laughs> I thought, why not? It'll be Screw it. a bit extra. It, it was a long window between the events, so I'd be able to recover and be able to do it. So.
0: Okay, let's get to the, uh, the actual events. So you fly to London, a couple of days in London to chill beforehand, wake up on the Saturday morning, and did you eat before your 2K row?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, my 2K wasn't until
1: like 1 p.m., which is 5 p.m. here, and I woke up at like 6 a.m. So, so yeah, <laughs> I to you. Totally. get some food in, just kind of keep them. I didn't so you, eat too much. I knew what what would keep me going, what would make me feel pretty chilly, and what would yeah. make me feel good. So I just had So that's already like
0: something you're having to manage because obviously you've spent the last 12 weeks rowing on an empty stomach because you're intimate and fast. And then the timing of the event meant you're at, okay. So you're already baling that. So wake up, had breakfast, go to the venue, register, I'm assuming, register on a day. And then. Yeah. So as soon as.
1: Um, so basically, lean up to it as well. I wasn't nervous at all, which kind of worried me. Like even a week out, I was, like, I, wasn't, I was feeling fine. I wasn't feeling nervous at all, until the morning I woke up on the day. And then like things were flying everywhere. And I was like, this is actually happening. Like this has been a year in the making. I've been thinking about this every day for a year. And the day I woke up, it's like, oh wow, this is actually happening.
0: It's yeah. crazy. Um, were you like, so you were nervous? Were you like worried, were you thinking about the times or the other competitors or how much it's going to hurt what was kind of like the thoughts going through your head that was the main thing how much it was going to hurt being
1: being my like 607 was my 2k time before um from all the training i've done and how good i felt i knew i could go faster than that i knew how much the 607 hurt so i knew how much the 605 was going to hurt and that was the main thing
0: so when you register you have to uh projected time right yeah yeah. and your projected time got you in the front row of your heat yeah next to some pretty good rows yeah i decided i figured 605 would be achievable i wanted sub six
1: it will happen one day i won't stop until i get sub six but
0: so you registered you registered at 605
1: 605 and that put me in the final heat next to
0: olympians (laughs) The great British rowing team yeah, and so then a was, Kiwi guy who just rowed in Rio.
1: Yeah, so some pretty strong rowers um, Adam and Adam in his basery t-shirt. Yeah, all wearing, they were all wearing singlets and look like, what what you call them, and I
0: was like and t-shirt. You wearing singlets and then they were like, who's this joker in a t-shirt? And glasses. <laughs> and then, um, okay, so 2K. Two is going down, like what are your feelings immediately before the event? they like, they call you out until you rower. how long are you on the row before you start the event? How much time do you get before? So you
1: get, I think it was 10 minutes, 10 or 15 minutes before the rower. beforehand. Yes, there's a warm up area. So you go out this area right next to the arena, the the main arena, and everyone in that heat is like warming up. There's like a whole bunch of rowers there. You can do whatever you want. Hit your normal warm up, do some busy stuff. You've got anything you can do to get yourself ready in that time limit, it's so just there. And then, so I did that, and everyone's there, warm me up, then you go and stand in this little tunnel thing. you stand stood there for like another 10 minutes, so you're kind of cooling down a little bit, um, and then you get called out onto this massive arena in front of, I think close to nearly a thousand people, or something like that, it's a big arena. And, uh, and you're gonna sit on your row. you can do a little bit of a walk there, you've got about two or three minutes. Um, so yeah, you get a bit more sweaty, on, get a bit more used to the pace, and then you have to
0: completely stop, um and then 2K starts. All those screens, are they you don't have to program it, it's so all uh, computer everything why everything's yeah. wired up and Mac control. Yeah, so there's okay. I believe there was 40 rowers um with a big screen
1: behind you. You can't see the screen behind you, but um just for, that's for the, the fans they Yeah, you can agency. see who's in the lead or who's in the first place. Um but you can see that on the screen. So on the screen you've got Split in half, the top bit is your pace and your predicted time and stuff like that. Yeah, and the that bottom half is... DFC had
0: the same thing. Yeah, Can you see the got leaders. the leaderboards
1: on the bottom half, so you kind of know who's in the lead or <laughs> where you're at, which was good to know.
0: So your target was 6.05. Yeah. Uh, three, two, one. B, you start your row. What happens? Four
1: start. <laughs> someone four started the first time, so we had to reset. Then someone four started the second time. So there were two four starts, which is... So basically, they say three, two, one. There's not like 3, 2, 1, it's kind of like Stay. ready, set attention. You're holding this thing at ready, so you're holding the handle for about 10 seconds before you start, and like, get your legs are yeah. shaking, like you're a bit nervous, and then that happened twice, or three times actually, because it was two not four starts. Within so different people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It t- shows you on the screen who, row it was. Um,
0: Wasn't you, was it? No,
1: I didn't do that. I don't know how they did it, it said go, you just go, on, go on. <laughs> I don't know how you start. Um... But yeah, uh, so it happened twice. So that's like 20 seconds there, you're holding this position for that time and it's like everything's shaking up, like your legs getting jelly-like. Uh, and then the third time it happened and we got through. It kicked off, everyone went and about 250 meters in, my mouth got super dry. Like more than, I never felt this before. I didn't know what was happening. Uh, and I just couldn't catch my breath. About 500 meters in, I was like, oh shit, this is hard. I was holding the pace then. About 500 meters on, I was still on pace. Uh, I was holding it till about 1k when I was like completely gone. I was almost gonna stop. I was like, This is, this isn't gonna work out. This is nowhere near. I'm not gonna PR, I'm not gonna get close. about a thousand meters left, I was holding like a 141 split, which is nearly 10 seconds off of my target time. And I was just like, My head was going all over the place. I was I'm just probably gonna stop this. Everyone's cheering, people next to me going on. I was like, I'll just carry on and just do it. Held that 41, like between 39 and 41, for about. A minute or two and I tried to pick it up but I couldn't and I just kept holding that pace and then just last last just kind of took it home um, but yeah just couldn't breathe the whole time even though I didn't get close to my target I was 6.18 I went in total which in your best guess, is 6.07 yeah, so it was, 11 seconds under yeah
0: 13 off what I wanted <coughs> and you'd um, hit a 6.12 a couple weeks before it in an easy run run yeah so I'd, I'd done a brick prep stuff before like 2k and 500 and I'd hit a very comfortable six twelve. like I was fine after, I recovered within 10 minutes after it and I felt great. So So do you think, I know you said something to me on the day that um, conditions in the venue were, was it humid?
1: Yeah, so basically the track or the arena it's in is uh, the indoor cycling track for the Olympics, Mm -hmm. the fast bike stuff goes around. The fellow drum. Yeah, the fellow drum, yep. So basically what they do is they keep the air like thick or the humidity high or something like that so that wood stays dry. Um, and then basically I didn't realise that until I started and just I didn't expect it and my mouth just got super dry and I just couldn't breathe in and then not getting up in, my legs went like really heavy so I couldn't push there and I just kind of all went downhill obviously some of that would have been nerves
0: as well but I was blaming the air kind of blaming the air for doing shit but <laughs> and then so how much of it like that's what I wanted to ask is like this is the first time you've done anything this big. You know, you've done obviously like small rowing comps, like CrossFit comps and stuff like that. But This is this is the first time you, um, you've you done an individual competition to this scale. So how, how much of this was nervous for you? And the other thing as well, and you don't know this, but um, is you were in London on your own, which we were all thought, fuck, he's on his own. Like most people, when they go to competition, they have some support team with them, or some support crew. And So I was trying to get a flight to London for... 'Cause you were away, so we were covering classes, other coach was away, and we had an event that week and that ended up getting cancelled. So I was trying to get helped up with flights to go to London for twelve hours just for the day, but couldn't just cause of work and stuff. Oh, wow. um, but you being there on your own, next to all these like elite level rowers, how much of it do you think your performance was based on nerves or mindset on the day versus your physical ability? probably
1: a lot yeah I uh um that's what as it's the biggest competition I've ever done but that's the first time I've ever raced anybody yeah I've never sat on a row next to someone and raced them ever let's go from rowing on my own every day to um
0: uh, put next to some of the best rows in the world yeah so then 2k um didn't go according to plan, 2K went 6.18, uh, target was 6.05, going into it 6.12, so obviously pretty devastated after the 2K row time, uh, but still had 500 meters left to go. So when I found out that, when you messaged me and said, oh, the 2K is exact words, well, I fucked up, and as soon as that came through, I was just like... Uh, no, not because of the result, but based on I know you quite well and understood how you would have been feeling after and how you were going to respond to that and obviously training for so long for something that didn't go according to plan for whatever reason to then be able to salvage that and turn that round for the 500 meters. So how were you feeling now finishing the 2K, not getting what you want? All these variables being in play and not knowing, like, the environment's different and the the people you're with are different and all this stuff. You haven't got really anybody there to support you and console you on this. What happened after the 2K between the 500? How did you show such amazing resilience to be able to go on and power through the 500? Taught me through the hours between... What was the time between finishing the 2K and starting the 500? How many hours? Uh, I had about
1: three and a half hours.
0: So three and a half hours. Plenty of time to recover Physic, Well, enough time for the legs to recover. You still a lot of energy system depletion. And I bet when you tried to row for the 500 warm-up, you felt the 2K for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. So enough time to recover. But what was... taught me through that window between finishing the 2K and starting the 500.
1: Yeah, so basically uh, after we finished... It's just kind of, I wasn't... I've always tired, my legs felt a bit heavy, but again, I trained enough at that pace to recover quite well. So I felt fine within 15, 20 minutes after. But I was, I stood outside for a little bit, just got some air in, kind of walked around, got my legs flushed out, and obviously spoke to Craig, and my initial thought was, stop. <laughs> Don't do this, and um, it's just gonna happen again. Your mouth's gonna get dry, you're not going to hold the pace. And it's just gonna to get go to shit again. Um, and I was feeling that like for about a good 30 minutes, I was like, this probably isn't gonna happen.
0: I can't do this, and
1: <laughs> everything was going wrong.
0: I could just tell by the message you were sending me, the language you, you were using was, I don't know if I can do this. There was a lot of like self-doubt and like obviously massively disheartened by your forms on mm-hmm. the 2K, which is still fucking incredible. 618 2K rows like unheard, like insane. Um, But disappointing your performance and a lot of like negative self-talk before the 500. Um, So what did you have to do in order to? So you wanted to quit and you wanted to not do the 500. What did you do to set yourself up to succeed on that 500 meter row? How did you turn it around?
1: It wasn't that I didn't want to do it. I always wanted to do it. It was just I just thought it's going to happen again. My mind's going to dry. I'm going to go hard at the beginning and that's half I'm going a bit slower and I probably just won't get anywhere near I wanted to. That was my main thing. Um, so, yeah, I sat there after the event and had some of the guys from the team, the team that I'm on, were helping me and just, like, giving me some motivation. They were obviously racing as well, so they were in the same position that I was. Um, and then one guy said, why don't you try this? And basically, it was a great tip, which made sure my mouth wasn't dry basically like it wouldn't get dry as fast um which was basically get some orange juice some fresh orange juice and kind of swirl it around your mouth right before the race it keeps the mouth kind of a bit more wet and that helps basically um but yeah before that i was kind of just sat there and just not really bothered and up until about an hour before the race i decided okay i'll just push through i give it everything i got it's a minute, 20 seconds maximum kind of thing. Like, I get through this no matter what, give my best shot. Uh, Warming up felt felt good. I like was able to do a few sprints and get the legs moving and get the heart up a little bit. Um, and again, cooled down a little bit and then did a few more before the actual race started. Just felt good going into it-ish. Felt great, not great, sorry. Felt
0: okay-ish and confident that I could get through it. Okay, so then told me through the actual 500. So. In the same position again, same setup, hands on the handle, ready, attention. Yeah, no false starts this time. It was straight into it. Um, don't
1: really remember much of it. I remember just going really hard at the start and trying to get through. Had no idea what pace I was. Apparently, I was at a one twelve at the start. Um, I just remember in the middle, I was holding like a one seventeen at like forty two strokes a minute, and I was just sitting there for a while, and I was like. Oh, this doesn't feel too bad. I can hold this for a bit longer. And then saw my leaderboard name on leaderboard kind of go up. I was sitting in the fifth. Now it was like fourth and third. And then at one point, at you know, the end of about 200 meters to go, I was five meters out from first. I was like, oh yeah, and this guy's right next to me, bro. And I was like, oh, okay, it's going pretty well. Then four i I'm talking to myself the whole time. Um, and then it goes from five meters up to four meters, and we're close. and it's three meters, and about 120-ish meters to go, we're like tired. I can see him right next to me, he's like there, slowing right down. I can see his stroke rate is like changing, he's trying to get a little bit faster. uh, By increasing the stroke rate, not much power, and obviously he's kind of, legs are fading out. And to about 100 meters left, my only reaction is, just do it, send it. (laughs) Uh, just went for it and 100 meters left, kept pushing a little bit harder. I went from about 42 strokes a minute to nearly 49-ish, 47. But my power, my pace, stayed exactly the same. So I didn't put any more power in. I was just going doing go faster. Them, yeah. Probably would love, would love, would have loved to see it. It probably looked like shit. Like wouldn't look pretty at all. Um, but I was able to hold the pace while he slowed down. So I didn't get any faster. I just he just got slower a little bit by a few seconds, and then.
0: But that's enough, man. Like I obviously, the the test is everyone who's done a five hundred meter row understands that. You often start hard, try and hold on, but you never ever finish at the same pace. You start or hold through the middle anyway. So to able to hold that towards the end. And I guess it's great having the leaderboard, live leaderboard to see exactly. like, okay, I'm in line with this guy and then you can see him dropping off. Did he finish second? Yeah. He finished. Yes. So he didn't drop off too much then and yeah. then managed to hold on for a first place. That's amazing. So like, obviously, so then based on the conversations we were having between the two rows and... Uh, checking the leaderboard like frantically, refreshing, and then um, waiting up for the message because it was probably about nine thirty PM by the time we finished whatever. So I'm usually in bed way before that. So I just sat up and I literally turned the lights off and I was just in the kitchen table, just like looking at my phone, waiting for it to come through. And it said I won the five hundred. I was just like, "Fuck yeah!" So like amazing, like way to turn it around. Obviously showed like tremendous resilience, been able to suffer through the devastation of not hitting what you want. It could have been so easy just to throw the rest of it away and just, but fuck, it doesn't matter. Like I've failed, whatever. But to, have to turn around and go after it and get after the, uh, the 500 is amazing. So awesome work, man. Well done.
1: Thank you. Yeah,
0: it was, I was surprised.
1: I, I knew from the names I saw going into the 500, I knew I could place well. I was maybe thinking like a top three or something, but I wasn't expecting the first.
0: Not even. I thought it'd be far out. The British Indoor Rowing Championship for 500 meters, 2018. Nice one. Yeah. I spoke to the uh, at DFC last week. The concept. 2, I told the concept two guys. The guys who work for Concept Two. I said, "Oh, my brother did break." The other day. Said, oh, what's his name? These guys that like, live in the states. And it was, oh, Adam Harriman. It's like, oh, yeah, we know that guy. We know the name. So from obviously Concept Two website stuff oh. and the online comp. So you're a bit of a rowing celebrity. Um plans now what's next
1: a little bit of downtime now over Christmas and then straight back into it I have I was torn between CrossFit and rowing and trying to maybe get back into CrossFit but with how the 2k went and that was my aim not going to plan not even PRing I want to push that now I won't stop until I get sub 6
0: is it brick again next year
1: I have to rethink right now I'm thinking no because unless I can figure out how to get rid of this, I don't, I don't know, we'll see. I'll see how training goes and once registration opens up September, if I'm feeling confident, feeling good, then maybe, but I'm just gonna train, do some online competitions and just train.
0: And then what do you think is your biggest kind of like limiter, like what's stopping you from being able to, so you're, you hold a six or seven now, we want to get a six hundred five, six hundred two, sub six. What do you feel is like? What do you need to do to be able to do that?
1: Um I rely a lot on my strength, my power, my technique is good. Um, but again, I, just rely if on, I say so
0: myself,
1: if I rely, I just rely on putting too much power on every rep, every stroke, and I'm sitting at like thirty strokes per minute. Whereas the, the top guys, the Olympians stuff, they sit at like 34, 35. So I need to get comfortable holding that pace, which I'm not right now, I need to be able to hold longer distance stuff at a higher stroke rate. But so, that general general aerobic base and just get fitter. And
0: so that's, <coughs> <fun>. <coughs> if you don't understand the display of a rower, we'll talk about strokes for minutes, how many kind of reps you'd fit into a minute. So your your pace, how many times you go in and out in a minute. So holding like a lower stroke pace would require you to push hard on the row, which you're better at because you're taller and heavier. So yeah, yeah. You're looking at learning how, or oh, getting better at, being able to move with a higher cadence, more reps per, per minute. Yeah. Um, how do you do that? Practice. I won't. So basically, I've tried it a few times. I've tried to
1: do like a 500 meter row at that pace, and I just I can't seem to find my rhythm. I can't catch my breath. Like trying to go that fast forward up and down, it's it's, fine. it's hard to find time to get, Take a breath, deep breath in, or breathe at all. Um, so just practicing that, and be able to find some time and spending time at that stroke rate. I spend a lot of time at like thirty now, so I need to up that a little bit and
0: set a higher stroke rate. And then <coughs> in the meantime, altitude. Yeah, I'll be at gym coaching while you guys crush it. <laughs> all right, thanks. Any messages for our listeners? If they want to get in touch with you about rowing, if they want to, so <clears> have <throat> you just heard from Adam? Rowing technique's massively important. Understanding to to n- navigate your way around a rower and the display and what the readings mean and the settings and stuff is very beneficial. New... Adam's a tall, heavy guy who got better around by learning his techniques. So if they want to hit you up for any rowing pointers, technique, what's the best way they can get in touch with you? We
1: will find you in the gym or on Instagram. Send me a message or.
0: I'm always at the gym, so slide into free, the
1: DMs. Come and talk to me if you want to talk about rowing. I'll always want to talk about rowing, so come speak to me about that. Definitely help you out if you want some help there.
0: Adam Harriman, really, really good at rowing five hundred meters.
1: Thank you, that's awesome.